Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to our very first live Young Adult Podcast! Hey, for the first time in the history of the podcast, those are real applauses. What do you think about that? Wow, wow, wow. We've made it. We have freaking made it. Well, hey, this is our very first live podcast, and it is a Valentine's Day slash relationship slash sex, dating, marriage, and all things in between Q&A podcast, and we thought, why not fly out to amazing people that are experts on all things sex, dating, <laughs> relationships? And turns I out they not. were busy, and so you got Emily and Ryan. So we got Emily and Ryan. Stuck so, with us. Perfect. Hey, from our Austin campus, would you guys give it up for Emily Franklin? She is our incredible worship leader in Austin. Emily, say hi to everybody. Hi, Tell us everybody. a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. Um, originally from Missouri, moved to Denver 2015 to intern with Red Rocks Worship. And then... Best decision of your life. They realized they could absolutely not let me go and kept me. <laughs> and so then I stayed here for four years, did a lot with youth, uh, led at young adults, kind of bounced around campuses from time to time on Sundays, leading around. And then when they launched the Austin location in 2019, moved down to help, quote help, for like <laughs> the month of March. And then they were like, and through April. And then eventually I was like, what's happening? And had the conversations and loved the team and made the move in June. So I've been leading worship at our Austin location since March of 2019. That's amazing. How many people were at Young Adults last night? Let's go. So you are familiar with this guy. Give it up for Ryan Weckenman. Ryan, tell us about yourself, man. Yeah, uh, my name is Ryan. I grew up kind of all over the place, but lived in Denver for several years. So went to high school and college here and um, spent my 20s in Southern California. I was a pastor at a great church out there. And meanwhile, fell in love with Red Rocks. Um, my, my brother had started working here, and um, every time I was back, Hanging out with Connor and the guys, I just just couldn't get enough. And uh, several years ago, we decided it was time to go plant a Red Rocks church. And so we chose Austin, Texas. And we've been out there for three and a half years now. Eventually convinced Emily to come hang out with us. And that's literally what it was. We were like, no, just come sing for one week. And then it was two and then it was three. And now it's three years later. And um, it's just been an amazing ride. That's awesome. That is awesome. So... Hey, we're doing this podcast, Valentine's Day. So I got I to gotta start off by asking you guys this question. What is the most cliche Valentine's Day thing, act, gift, whatever, that somebody would do or give to you that would just make you feel like repulsed? Hmm. What is like the, the worst, most cliche Valentine's Day thing? If you that, hand, you've, that you've ever experienced or could experience, potentially. If, if you hand me a gift on Valentine's Day, it's a, if it's a little box and I open it and it's heart-shaped jewelry, I'm going to throw it in the trash. <laughs> oh, wow. Ice no cold. girl, Raise your hand in here, girls, if you want heart-shaped jewelry. 
If you do, I'm Heart so shape. sorry. You can beat me up afterwards, but I don't think any girl. <laughs> and don't propose. Don't propose. Ooh. Okay. Okay, I got one. Speaking of that. Okay, so. so you proposed? <laughs> yeah. That's why he's here. It, it didn't go well. He proposed, well. it failed, and now it he's here. It did not go well. No, I did not. However, um, I, I said this last night. Um, I, I talk a lot about how I've been single pretty much my entire life. But I, I said, I realized it as I was preaching. I'm one for 32 on Valentine's Days. Like, like one of my 32 years of being alive, I've had a, a date on Valentine's Day. It's, somebody from the crowd was like, that's great baseball statistics. And yeah. then we like crunched Dude, the numbers and we're like, it's actually still terrible. Yeah, you're, like, that's, you're batting 3% if that's... Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. I, I, my daughter's two and I feel like she's right around <laughs> that percentile. So. Okay, so anyways, about that night, I was 21. I was at P.F. Chang's. Let's go. <laughs> Which is great. And I am with my date, and I look across the room, and there is a guy that I recognize from high school. And we make eye contact, and I like, kind of give him like the, the, the nod, and he looks like super nervous. <laughs> and I have no idea what, what's going on. And I like keep kind of staring back over at him throughout the course of the dinner. And I can tell he's like, like, I don't know if he's about to like break up or if he has food poisoning going on or like what's going on. Okay. Halfway through the meal, he gets down on one knee in the middle of PF Chang's mm. on Valentine's day. No, no, sir. The, yeah. You feel, you feel what just happened in this room? <laughs> That's what happened in the restaurant. We all went silent. Like we put down our, our, our food and we watch him and I, he wasn't expecting this to happen. Cause all of a sudden everybody's listening to like the speech that he has That's prepared. Amazing. That okay. is amazing. Gets down on his knee, gives like this two minute speech, pulls out a ring she starts crying and she leaves the restaurant. Was it a heart no shaped ring? I'm just, because it was heart shaped. Was it in a lettuce wrap? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She didn't actually leave. She said yes. And it I was like yes. this really cool moment and all of that. The funny thing is, I remember I've been on like a handful of dates in my life. I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. So, so everybody cheers and I just panic and I turn back to my date. No joke. First words out of my mouth, I go, Oh, I'm not going to propose tonight. <laughs> and she looks at me. We've been on like three dates at this point. She looks at me and she's like, yeah, no, I, I know. I'm not expecting you to, to propose. And um, just, I'm really just letting everybody in <laughs> on my history really, really quick here. So that's, that's what I would Valentine's say. Your Valentine's Day date. That was it. Yeah. Nice, man. So I would, if anyone's like looking to propose on Monday, maybe you go for it. And Shoot I just would shot. like to say for that girl, that's awesome that she got proposed to on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's great. And Emily, would you, would you say no? If well, you, if you yeah, love, if you loved somebody, you're like, I love this person. This is, this is going to be the person I'm with. I think he gets it, down on one knee. There's a heart-shaped box <laughs> with a heart-shaped ring, and it's Valentine's Day. I would only say yes because I'd be like, this is for sure a prank, and this is, like, funny. Like, you know me, and you think, you know I like jokes, so this is funny, so I'm saying yes. But if you know me at all, but he was dead I feel serious. like it would be a test. Like, you haven't <laughs> been listening for the last however long we've dated because I would make sure you knew. That's but amazing. But the long answer, yes, I would say yes if I love the person. Okay. I just wouldn't be happy about it. To, to piggyback off of... <laughs> Dude, what if she was just like, ask me tomorrow? Ask me tomorrow. Wait, it's like the updates on your computer. Remind me tomorrow. (laughs) I hope you get a giant heart-shaped diamond. Like two carat, absolute rock. 
but it's a heart. <laughs> That'd be amazing. All right, to piggyback off Ryan's story of uh, P.F. Chang's Valentine's, is there anything that somebody would do on a first date where you just know immediately this is going nowhere? Like, is there, I don't want to say like a red flag, but like a pet peeve or just like anything somebody could do on a first date where you're like, you could be the greatest human in the world, but this thing right here, I'll never get over in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you I mean, petty? kind of. <laughs> okay, seriously, on a serious note, I just feel like being able to hold conversation, like, okay. is very important. And so if in, like, the first few minutes it's, like, not flowing, I would have a very hard time, like, staying interested or having hope that it would go somewhere. Okay. You know, on the petty side, if you wear flip-flops on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see your toes on the first date. What about second date toes? <laughs> second. <laughs> if we're at the beach, sure. Okay, but not, not in downtown Austin. No. Okay. Yeah. They're going to be like, this girl's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I have good things to say, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. By the way, and just for some advice, if, if you're like, but, but what if I'm just a quiet person? Just write out five questions. Like yes. on your way to, to, to pick them up. Write out five questions in your back pocket yeah. and just have those ready to go. Write them on your hand if you need to. You can, you can cheat. <laughs> you know what I mean? But just keep the conversation going. Yeah, that's, that's important. important. I do feel like there's a ton of grace, though, for a first date, I will yeah. say. Like, and when I say, like, a conversation is not flowing, I mean, like, it's, like, really not. Like, it's obviously we have nothing in common, and we're, like, trying to, like, come up with things. Do you I feel ever like... just call it mid-date? Like, I haven't been on a date <laughs> with anybody except for my wife in, like, nine years. Yeah. But is there ever a point where you're just like, hey, we're 20 minutes in, and this can be a really long dinner? Dude, I had, I had this exact moment happen, except it was my fault, and she called it. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, I was on a, it was a double date. This was years ago, and it was, like, with a friend. You know how, like, when, when two people get into a relationship that goes for like a month or two, they start to get like a little, little cocky about it. And then they, for whatever reason, they're like, we should set up our friends. Like yeah. this worked for us. This we're, can work for. Yeah, we're geniuses. So this happens. So. And it was just like so clear within 20 minutes that it wasn't going anywhere, but we're, we're stuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And so I told this, we were, ta- we were telling bad date stories with our staff on Monday and this was mine because it was like, we weren't even trying to have fun. You know, yeah. like, like there's a certain point where it's like, this isn't going to go anywhere, but let's just enjoy ourselves. It was like past that moment <laughs> where it was. Yeah. Anyways. So you, you, call, ca- you called it. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was stuck. What could I do? I couldn't say like, hey, all three of us, we're all going home. Let's call it. You guys, you guys break <laughs> up. I'm getting in my car. I feel like in that situation, <laughs> you just try to wrap it up as quickly as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, okay, I'm uninterested. Bye. It's like. Oh, yeah, no, I'm done. I know I don't want dessert, a check, yeah, <laughs> you know? I feel like I'm I have work tomorrow. Sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> I have work tomorrow. It's Saturday. <laughs> we work at a church. I, yeah, yeah ministry go. calls. <laughs> All right, hey, let's dive into some questions. We had some people submit some questions on Instagram. We've got some people sending questions in via text. Um, but I feel like this is actually a really good and interesting question. I'd be curious to hear your all's perspective. And maybe I can give a little insight on this, being married, but somebody wrote in, is commitment a scary thing to you? And why does it seem like so many young people that I meet have a fear of a, of a long-term commitment with somebody? So being, both being single, is 
commitment, the idea of commitment, a lifelong commitment, a scary, daunting thing? Yeah, 100%. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but not because it's like I, I don't desire it. And I think, I think desire and fear, I think they, they fight with each other a lot, but they also can complement, and it's just this weird game between the two. Um, but I, I desire commitment. I'm not afraid of commitment itself. Like, I don't think that that's the thing. I think the fear is in knowing myself very well and knowing that my emotions are very fickle. And, like, the, the, like, a key part of my personality is I change my mind, like, often. Like, I see all sides of a situation. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just think the idea of having to love somebody, the same person, forever is like, I don't even, I might change my mind. Like, I pick an outfit out tonight in the morning. I'm like, nah, different mood. You know what I mean? And so, (laughs) and so, and that's like, that's a petty example, but, but that's real. And, and I think all day long, you can know, like, love is a choice, but like, we've all, I can't say we've all, a lot of us, I'm sure have had our heart broken at some point, or you had a relationship that didn't work out. And then it's the worst thing. And then three months later, you're like, oh, I can't believe I ever dated them, you know? And it's like, how quickly we turn. And so, the idea of forever is like, it's a mind game, I think. And so for me, that's like where the fear, it's not the commitment. It's the, like my emotions as a human, can I be consistent forever? I mean, I know for myself and I've talked with Erin about this, so I I hope she's okay. She's not here with me sharing this. Like there were even, there were even like moments on our wedding, like week where I was kind of freaking out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. it wasn't because I was questioning who I was marrying. I think the idea of a forever commitment, we just know how broken and flawed we are. We just know, like you said, how fickle we can be. And I think it was more on me where I was like, can I do this? Yeah. Not like, do I want to do this with this person? Yeah. But way more like, yeah. am I the kind of person that can commit to something forever? Like, I mean, ask young adults. I get an idea, or young adults, wow. Ask, ask the young adult staff. I'll get an idea, and then five minutes I've either forgotten it or I'm just totally moved on from it. So I'm like, a person forever that I'm supposed to, like, love and treat like Jesus would treat me? Like, that's a tall task, you know? But, I, I mean, it's awesome. It's worked very well. So, how many years have you been married now? Oh man, uh, coming on six, uh, five and a half. I would say five and a half. Five and a half. I wouldn't say five and a half. It's been five and a half. So, <laughs> but we we dated for three years um, because I was poor, and then <laughs> and then we're engaged for a year. Uh, because I was a resident working at the church, making minimum wage. Aaron was an intern making nothing. And so, again, we were poor. Um, and we couldn't even afford a cardboard box here in Denver. So once we were able to afford, we literally lived in a basement for two and a half years. And it was like some of the best time of our life. Um, we, we got just enough money together to rent out this person's basement. Um, but we, we dated for a very long time. Um, Maybe recommend doing that. Maybe not. Um, hopefully, you guys are in a better financial situation <laughs> than we were at the time. But Ryan, is commitment a scary thing to you? <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> maybe the maybe the scariest. No, um, I do. I I make a lot of jokes about it and talk pretty openly last night about it. But I um, just because I'm not really sure that, that like marriage is a thing that I desire. Um, the idea of, of commitment is, is terrifying. I, I always joke, it's not really a joke, uh, 
it's just I have to laugh about it because it's the only way I know how to get through it. That um, so many like my friends like dream when they're when they're kids about their wedding day, you know, and they like think through all the details and what it's going to look like and what the food's going to be and what the songs are going to be, and they have these these dreams at, at night where they think about their their wedding. I've had that dream four or five times, but I wouldn't call it a, a dream. I call it a nightmare. <laughs> and I'm serious. I'm serious. I've literally woken up at. Like, I've, I've woken up after it, like, sweating and, like, have to, have to, like, take deep breaths and, like, realize, like, I didn't just commit my life to another human being for the rest of my life. I, like, I, like look to my left and right. And I'm like, okay, we're good. We're good. It's okay. Um, which, obviously, there's, there's a lot to that. But all that to say, commitment, yeah, that's, that's a terrifying Yeah, it's a scary thing. thing but it's a good thing. For, for sure. And here's, here's what I'll say to anybody who wants to be married in this room Commitment is a practice and like a choice. Yeah. I think I think sometimes we have this narrative that when we find the person we want to be with for the rest of our life, commitment comes easy. And I'm not saying like after a certain amount of time you're going to want to cheat or like do anything like that. But I mean, commitment comes in like small doses. Like like for us right now when we have kids, uh, sometimes it's really hard to uh, sleep. And so, and so, like, being kind, being committed to being kind to one another um, when you're running on, like, four hours of sleep is, like, it's just a, it's just a practice, yeah. and it's a choice. So uh, Yeah, I was going to say, like, what you said, like, it's not that you're afraid, like, oh, I'm going to cheat on somebody. But I also think, for, for like, for myself, that is, like, a real, not that I think I'm going to cheat on somebody. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but I think that's, like, a real fear because I come from a family where my parents divorced because of infidelity. And so I think, and, and I had a, a, a counselor ask me a few years ago when I first kind of started diving into this stuff, do you think your dad's actions like affected you? And I was like, no. And he was like, okay. Like, I don't see how they like, <laughs> he's like, mm, I don't see how they can't. Maybe you just haven't figured it out yet. And I'm like, you're positive, you know? Uh, but it was, it's not always blatant. And so I think it's not that my brain doesn't think, oh, because my dad did this, then that means all men cheat. Like, I'm not that, like, dumb or petty. Like, I don't think that it works that way. But I do think there's, like, a fear. Because I also had relationships in high school and in college where, like, I was cheated on. And it, like, seems to be this pattern. So I think whether we know it or not, like, our experiences, like, shape what we believe to be true. And even if it's, like, a subconscious fear that manifests itself as, like, control or, like, lashing out. And then that sabotages relationships for you, right? Which I've seen it do for me. Um, yeah, I think fear of not only having to commit to somebody, but like, will somebody choose me forever, you know? Uh, and I think we're only as ready to commit as we are healthy as a human. And I think that is like, that's good. And I think that's a lifelong process. And I don't know, like I'm not married, but like, I think I have to constantly, what I'm learning is, I will say, is that I have to constantly go inward to, to heal things in me that are the triggers of why I wouldn't commit, you know? Um, yeah, that's not Absolutely. a finished thought. But. That's awesome. Take some notes. Gosh, that's why we flew her out here, guys. That's Seriously. It. That's it. I just need to shut up and let Emily talk this whole time. <laughs> For real. All right, let's dive into some questions people are sending in. Uh, Sydney, also shout out to Sydney. Uh, she was a, a YAer for a while and then moved out to North Carolina to do some uh, studying at Duke. So Sydney, if you're listening, shout out to you. Um, she, she wrote in how to tell if you and your significant other are equally yoked. And I want to dive into this 
uh, for a minute because if you're not a Christian or if, if you're not familiar with the Bible, you're probably like, what what the heck? D- yoked? <laughs> like, like in the gym? Yeah. Like how yeah. much do you bench? How to tell uh, immediately if your, eggs. If your boyfriend <laughs> sorry. <laughs> how to tell if your boyfriend or girlfriend is Over-easy. stronger than you. Like, you know? But so first off, here's what I want to say. What the heck <laughs> what the heck do we mean when we say equally yoked? Is there a is there a better way to say that? And then, and then I yes. guess, like, I feel like that can be subjective. So I, what do we mean when we say equally yoked? And then how would you guys define maybe what you're looking for in somebody who is as yoked as you are? Yeah. <laughs> or not as yoked. Depends. Um, I think, <laughs> I start every sentence with that. I'm learning, I have a friend in my life, my friend Molly. Shout out, Molly. She always says, I'm not going to say I think anymore because it's just crediting my thoughts. Um, for I me... I would have never thought that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, well, you go, Molly. <laughs> for me, throughout my life, that has changed a lot. Not what that probably actually means. Like, nobody can actually change the definition of what the Lord meant for that. But I... What do you think that means? Before, now? Before, before, or before you say what it means for you specifically, mm-hmm. if somebody's like, how do I know if this person's equally yoked for me? What, what are they asking? On the same page. Okay. Are we on the same page? Do we, like, do we not agree on everything, but, like, are we headed the same direction? Do we have the same, like, desires? And and not as in, like, I like the gym and you like the gym, but, like, (laughs) like, how we want to, like, be perceived by people, how we want to, like, affect the world, I think doesn't mean are you on the same page. I think for a long time I thought it meant, like, We've known Jesus the same amount of time. Like, it, almost, like, way too literal. Like, do you read your Bible? 20 yeah. 22 minutes a day. Yeah. Those last two minutes matter. Yeah, I think... Feeling the yoke, leaning a little too know. heavy. Yeah. I'm, I'm carrying a little toss too much to of the yoke over here. Yeah. I have, like, a lot of bouncing thoughts, so toss it to you. Yeah, I, I, think that's, I think it's perfect. I mean, it's, it's almost like going on a road trip with somebody, right? If we're in Denver, Colorado, and you get into a car with somebody and you're trying to get to the Pacific Ocean, and they're trying to get to the Atlantic Ocean, like, you, it doesn't matter how much counseling you get, like, that road trip is not going to go well, right? Yeah. If they're heading in a completely different direction than you or, or want to be, it's just going to end in frustration, yeah. right? And so I, I think when I hear that phrase, um, what I'm the way that I interpret it, which, by the way, this is 2,000-year-old language, so we're just bringing it into to 2022 language. I think what Paul is telling us is, hey, find somebody who um, is heading in the same direction as you. It doesn't mean that they're going to be like like the exact same sports team as you. I don't know if that's yeah. just or, – or whatever. It just means that um, – Hey, over the course, like, and, and play the long game. Over the course of the next several years, are we trying to go the same place? Yeah. Um, because everybody knows the Pacific Ocean is better than the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout uh, out. Well, we'll Shout see. out. <laughs> but, yeah. no, I, I think some people put too much weight on it yeah. and then not enough weight in some ways. Yeah. Like, I think you can get really caught up, like you said, in the, like, the romance and not look towards the future. But then I think some people get so stressed out and like, are we yoked? Are we equal? Whatever. Like, are we about, are we heading the same direction? It's like, you will have zero guarantees in life about your partner. Like relationships are about trust and vulnerability, like with 
you will always, if you are to fall in love with somebody and commit yourself, you are opening up your heart to be hurt, potentially. Um, but I think that, I think that we, we get too obsessed over minutia, like literally in the sense of like, oh man, like you didn't, you didn't pray for like, you didn't do your quiet time today. Like yeah. I did, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Connor, like, I feel like you have some stories about this quiet time thing, man. <laughs> Can I be? I don't really do quiet time. Yeah. I do quiet time if my daughter wakes me up at four in the yeah, morning and right I can't here. fall back asleep. Yeah. Um, but no, I like. But yeah, like totally. My man. wife I know is more saying. of a quiet time person, yeah. and I'm more of like a afternoon, late night, sporadic like reader yeah, person. Yeah. But totally. but I've talked to people who yeah. they would be like, "Does that mean we're we're not yoked?" Dude, totally. I think that's when it and comes like, down to like, man. yeah, Are you, you can, both yeah. loving Jesus and reading your Bible. You can get so hung up on the on the nitty gritty, right? All these things, and I've done that. Like I've been that person, and I there's so much I feel like I'm just learning right now about relationships in general, not just like dating relationships, but friendships. And, and again, like a lot of it probably from my baggage of like loss and pain and hurt and mistrust and whatever. That can lead you to not trust yourself, right? And so that's when I think anytime we become so like, oh, just like caught up on like the the nitty gritty of things, that that always in my mind comes from like a place of need to control because there's fear or because there's something I don't, that doesn't fit in my box or I can't understand it, so I need to control it. And I need these things to tell me when it's very simple. and, and, And that's something, like I said, that I'm having to learn is like, where's the fruit in that? And I think like fruit of the spirit is very clear like peace love joy patience gentleness kindness self-control you know and like okay maybe he's not waking up at 5 a.m every morning but like does he love jesus you know what i mean like is he does he showing peace in his life is there fruit are other people like are his relationships outside of you like flourishing if so why if there's fruit then it's like that that's that's like the bread and butter that you trust you know And, and if if there's not fruit, then the nitty gritty is not right. But if there is, then he's doing something right. And so I think instead of getting so caught up on the details, it's like, I'm going to follow. Something Doug actually said to me at one point. He was like, I've just learned to follow the fruit. Yeah. You know, you follow the fruit, whether it's whatever. Yeah. yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. It's like it's a, we have a culture that's obsessed with finding the right one. But what if we became a people that were obsessed with becoming the right one? Right? Like, what if we flipped it back on ourselves and our own soul and said, hey, let's start working on who we are and who we want to be, and then ju- just trust that, that when that person comes into our life, it's just it's going to be easy um, because we've already put the hard work in to, to have that, that firm foundation. That's good. Yeah. We're getting a lot of uh, questions texted in. Um, hey, continue to text us if you have questions, but let's, let's roll through some of these. Uh, well, we're shooting for maybe an hour. Sorry, surprise. Um, for the podcast, and we're like 30 minutes in. And the doors are locked. The doors are locked. Sorry, people. But it's snowing outside. Where are you going? But let's, let's spend about five minutes-ish on some of these questions. But I want to get through these. Um, somebody wrote in, is it, there is a looming thought or reality for me that I should have all my problems and sins resolved or fixed prior to allowing a potential partner or relationship into my life. Is there a balance or uh, attributes of being quote unquote ready from a faith perspective, um, even in those failures uh, at time I feel, sorry, in those failures at time feel constant? Yeah, you have to be 100% ready. That's what I think. <laughs> okay. Kidding. 
kidding. That's yeah. why Ryan's single. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is starting to make a whole lot of sense now. We're, yeah, we're starting but, to get it. No, but but I, I get that. Like, I think so often in church, we can sometimes be like, hey, if you're single, now's the season of preparation. But then there's the answer of like, when is, when is to prepare? Like, yeah. where's the finish line of preparation? You know? I, yeah, I, at the end of the day, like, we mean it when we say we're just imperfect people trying to pursue a, a perfect God. Like, at some level, we have to remember the whole point of all of this is learning to have grace with each other and yeah. love each other in the middle of the mess. So um, I would say the Jesus thing to do is to, to learn to uh, enter into the mess with people and, and be vulnerable enough just to, to, to sit in that. Yeah, right. I feel like that is such like not a black and white answer to that question because that implies that like somewhere near in the future before heaven that like I'm going to have all my crap figured totally. out. Totally. Yeah. And that's just not true yeah. or possible. So I think like the better question is like can you be healing and health like healthy, not healthy as in like fully whole. Ethan to quote the great Ethan Matat. <laughs> Like some, like you can only heal some relationship wounds in relationship, right? Because you don't know they're there until, until something like triggers it. And even then it doesn't mean like, oh, that triggered a wound. So therefore I'm not ready, but sometimes it might. And so I think it's just like, can you actually heal with somebody? Are you, or are you going to be toxic? And if you're being toxic, then you maybe need to take a step back and figure out where you need to heal. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I'm just like, it's so relative to like. Yeah, your situation. I, I think I think the goal of life and following Jesus is to have a lifelong journey, like a projection of of healing. Like I think it, you'll never be ready for a relationship. You'll never have all your sins figured out enough um, to to dive into a relationship. Now, maybe there's some things like if if you got loads of credit card debt, like maybe, maybe there's some things where you can like address like practical problems, but. But when you enter into a relationship, you're going to be figuring out your sins in a relationship. You're going to be figuring out your partner's sins in a relationship. And so, and in some ways, that's, that can be very healing because a, a, a relation, like a, a wife, a husband, should be a person that you can be fully vulnerable with and like truly known. And I think some of our deepest wounds, the Bible says, you know, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. And so often we like to confess to Jesus, but not to anybody else. And when you're married, when you're in a relationship, um, and, and I would say maybe save some of this for marriage, uh, because because uh, I, I think you can create a false intimacy with like really trying to heal with somebody that you're not like ready to fully commit to. But my wife knows the greats, the greatest parts of me, and the deepest, ugliest parts of me, and it's been so healing. And I think that there are, like you said, some relationship wounds, or, or shout out to Ethan, um, can only be healed in relationship because there needs to be that level of confession and vulnerability to receive that healing. You know, Jesus forgives um, and heals like spiritually, but there are some things that where the Bible says when we talk with one another, healing comes. So no, you don't have to have your whole life figured out. You never will. If that's your goal, you're going to be alone. <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. That was, we were trying to be really serious. And, and I for those of us that, that are alone, we meet on Wednesday nights. At... Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, somebody wrote in, is it a sin in God's eyes for a man to marry a divorced Christian woman? How do I know if God is calling me to be single or to stay in a relationship? 
Um, wait, I think these are a bunch of th- different questions. So, so I was like, I, it came in one text, so I was going to read them all, but then I'm like, I think these are separate. Um, okay, is it a sin in God's eyes for a man to marry a divorced Christian woman? What do you think, Connor? I would say, um, and hear me out, I would say it depends, and this is what I mean. I think in all things, there needs to be repentance and healing. Um, So I would say if somebody got divorced and there's unrepentance and unhealing, like in that situation, I think it would be sinful not for the man, but for the woman in this in this situation who who's divorced to enter into a relationship because there needs to be repentance and and healing in that. Um, but I think that God redeems all things, and I think that um, all of us are broken, and all of us are in need of healing and a savior. And so I think that if there's genuine repentance in that situation and there's healing being pursued, um, yeah, it, it might look a tiny bit different than if you weren't divorced previously, but no, I, I don't think that God has a problem with that. I don't think that um, that's like a bad or a negative thing. I think that God brings healing and redemption to all situations, but I do think you're stepping into a situation where there there was a covenant made um, that was broken, and there, there just will be a different level of confession, repentance, and healing that needs to happen before a healthy relationship can be formed. But do I think it's possible? A million percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the the reframe from obstacle to opportunity there, right? Like there's going to be such a, there's an opportunity to learn so much about yourself, about grace, about forgiveness, um, and come out the other side of that in a, in a, like knowing who you are and who you aren't, right? And so, yeah. More work, for sure, um, but there's also, I think, a, a great opportunity there if you're willing to put in the work. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think it's possible to have redemption and hope for a relationship in which they have already engaged in sex already? So let's say there's a couple uh, like each other, going to church, coming to young adults. Um, they've slept, slept with each other, maybe feel bad about it. Um, do you think there's any redemption or hope for that relationship, or should they call it off and never talk to each other ever again? <laughs> Wait, are you asking if, like, two people that are already dating have sex, or, like, one's a virgin, one's not type thing, or both and? I think they're just in a relationship. In general. And they... I mean, I think, yeah, 100%. There's, like... I don't even want to say, like, redemption. I guess redemption, but I'm like, yeah... I think there's healing available for that, and I don't think that's like a, whoops, now I guess we have to call it. I just think it's like, okay, what do we, are we going, like? Whoops, that's such a great word. <laughs> whoops. whoops. What, a, what an appropriate <laughs> phrase. No, oh, that's man. a valid. How did that happen? I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm answering it, like, in such a simple way that feels dismissive to the question. No, I'm so sorry, I'm not. No, it's good. I yeah. just also, sometimes it's like somebody just needs to hear a totally. light answer, and it's like, yeah. yes. yeah. Yes, it's like, well, what do you want? Like, do you want marriage? Do you want a healthy marriage? Then act like it and, like, fix it. Yeah. Put new boundaries in place. Like, you know, yeah. Well, I I think they asked a follow-up question. um, What does establishing healthy boundaries with a partner 
look like? So, I mean, that might be, that might have been a separate question, but let's talk about that in the context of this. Let's say there's two people, love Jesus, coming to YA faithfully like they should. Thursday night. Shout out Thursday night. Check out our podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) Check out the podcast. Shameless plug. (laughs) Um, But let's say they, you know, they they feel like this relationship is serious. They they get caught up in a moment. Um, How I agree with you. I don't think that's reason to call it. Um, I think that I think that it is uh, very insightful on maybe. Hey, we need some boundaries. And I think, and here's, here's my biggest thing that I would, I would say to somebody in this situation, and this is going to sound weird, potentially, but you need to bring a friend who really loves you into your business to hold you accountable. If you think for a second, if you, if you and your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever are sleeping together, but you love Jesus, you feel like you're feeling the conviction from the Holy Spirit, we want to do this the right way. Do not fool yourself into thinking that you two are the best guardians of, like, of your, like, sexuality together. We've already seen where that leads. And listen, sex is not a bad thing. God's like, shut up. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, but, but you know, like, that, that, so let's bring some wisdom into it, you know. Uh, I think sometimes we, like, get too spiritual, and we're like, you know what? We love each other. Let's just have boundaries between us. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Like, I, I even had a friend, no lie, like, talk, talk to his parents, his mom, his dad, about, like, what happened. You want to talk about accountability? <laughs> like, seriously. And so here's the thing. I don't, think you need to, I don't think you need to break up. I think you need to repent. I think you need to change your mind. Repentance isn't this horrible thing. It's saying, hey, I messed up. I need to start agreeing with what God says about sex in my relationship. Repentance isn't a shame-based action. It's an agreeing with what God has said is right action. And then I think you need to bring accountability into your life. Because given this scenario, you have pro- you've have a proven track, wa- track record. And that's okay. Because guess what? When you get married, it's great to do that as much as you want. But right now, like, it's really awkward to try to have sex in front of a friend or a mom or a dad. Like, that'll be really uncomfortable. So maybe bring somebody into those situations yeah. and, and hold you accountable. We can edit this stuff, right? Okay. <laughs> I think, Take that last part out. <laughs> I think you said it you, when you were talking about repentance and you were like, this is, that's not a bad word. Like, I think there's so much, like, redefining of, like, these holy words that we've used for so long that needs to be done because for some reason they all hold like this negative, shameful context. And so like even like talking about boundaries, I feel like we think boundaries and we think like, no, you know, like all the things we're not allowed to do. And it's like no boundaries. Like that's why self-control is a fruit of the spirit because it's only necessary if it brings freedom. It's not to like rob something from you. And so instead of thinking like what are all the things like we can't do it's like no well what do we want out of this relationship what do I want my marriage to look like and what is the formula to get there again it comes back to fruit like what is the fruit I want to see and then what things I need to put in place like boundaries can be positive things it's just like it's a it's a formula for how I want this to look to get the result I'm after yeah you know so it's like well what fruit do you want Okay, well then, what do your boundaries need to be? Yeah. Not like I'll like <laughs> never mind. Are you gonna give us some of your specific boundaries <laughs> in your relationship, Emily? No. Grow up. That's gross. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I stop myself. I, I, I hear myself talking a lot, but this is this is a thought. Boundaries has, has been a thought that I've really been on recently because I kind of preached on this a little bit a couple a year or two ago in a relationship series. Um, one thing that I noticed, we always see boundaries as like a reaction to something we've done wrong. But think about this. In Genesis, God creates and gives boundaries to things before sin enters the world. Before there's humans, God gives the ocean boundaries. He gives skies boundaries. He gives animals and fish like boundaries. And when he creates humanity, before anybody did anything wrong, he gave people boundaries within their sexuality, within just the way our world works. And so I think like boundaries are this beautiful thing. They're not these reactionary things that we have to do once we've messed up. I think God created our world to have boundaries, and us as humans, we need boundaries. And so I think, I don't know, I think boundaries are this, like, really amazing thing, and I think we've framed them as almost like a, I messed up, now I need a boundary. But it's like, before sin was real, there were boundaries, which is, I don't know why, that's just been, like, blowing my mind recently. That's so good. And so if that was your question, or if you resonate with that question, um, man, just, just please no, the whole point of this whole story is that there is grace and that we're way more concerned with the future than we are with the past. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so let's repent and let's celebrate that word. Let's, let's learn these boundaries. And then let's realize that God is just getting started telling our story and that this story of redemption is actually going to help a whole lot of people who are coming yeah. Uh, in future generations. And so you and your spouse are, your future spouse are actually going to be able to sit down and counsel somebody who's sitting in your shoes right now and say, hey, I know how that feels. I've been there. I know that shame that you're talking about. I'm telling you that's not the end of your story. Let me show you how, how God can redeem this. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, let's see here. Uh, when do you share with someone you're dating hard things slash potential sins of your past? Because when you're engaged, you're already signed up to be married. Um, you can break an engagement, by the way. Like, not, not, to be, not to be, like, dark, but it is way better to break off an engagement than get married to, like, for the wrong reason. Um, because when you're engaged, you're already signed up to be married. So do you just wait until then and hope they accept those things about your past? Hey. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Do you know what I'm saying? Do not <laughs> no take backs. No try take backs. and trap and someone into marrying you that will not bring you the fruit that you want. Hey, babe. That is what a, a great rotten wedding. fruit. By the way. <laughs> oh, but okay, and all serious. No, no, no. Premarital That's counseling is is huge. Like all of these things are are things that I think should be like need to be talked about. Um, let's say this, somewhere between like the first date and your wedding day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. obviously there, there is, um, there's logic and common sense to like, you, you want to have a, a trusted, loving relationship with somebody before you um, share. Like don't, let's not overshare, right? Um, let's also not wait until we've been married for two years, to start working through baggage. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know, Connor, you're, you're the married one. Give us some of your wisdom. When did, when did uh, like, what, what would you, how would you answer this question? So, Aaron and I had been dating for a while. 
Um, and I think we weren't engaged yet, but I, I kind of wanted to get everything out there before we got engaged. Um, but we were close to being engaged. This was kind of my uh, make or break like moment. We, we had shared some things previously, but I have a lot of baggage sexually in my past, both things I've done, things that happened to me when I was younger. Um, and within my sexuality is actually one of the areas where I felt like most broken and most in need of healing. Um, I, I, I have in the past and still do in moments carry probably most of my shame that I like walk life with, with like within the realm of sexuality. And so um, I, I think weirdly uh, it was easier for me to talk about the ways I personally messed up than in maybe some of the deeper things that happened when I was like a kid. But I, I felt like before I got on a knee and asked this girl to say yes to me for the rest of my life, these were things that I thought she deserved to know. Because here's, here's the hard reality that nobody talks about. It's okay for somebody to say no to you and reject you. And, and listen, rejection is super hard. Mm-hmm. But I would have rather... Aaron been honest in the moment and said, hey, I don't think I can like live my entire life with the issues that you have. And there are many. Um, (laughs) But like, but honestly, you know, like, because yes, it, it sucks and it's hard to face rejection. But I wanted to be somebody who, with somebody who knew everything about me, and, and, like, I gave her space and time to, like, think about it. And, so, and, I mean, she said all the right things in the right moment, but we, like, readdressed these for a while before, like, I proposed to her um, because they're real. And, and I would say sexual wounds in marriage are the ones that come up, like, the most. Like, yeah, if you have, like, issues with your parents, if you're a child of divorce, if maybe you had, like, an absent father or an absent mother, those are things that will come up absolutely but I would say the most immediate in your marriage will be sexual wounds that like have happened, either things that you've done or things that were done to you. Because when you're committed to somebody forever, there's this freedom to like have sex and it's a good and a, a great thing. Man, it all just starts like boiling up, like almost like right away. And so I would say if you're going to talk to somebody, I, I think there's like layers to it. Like I think if, if maybe you've made some mistakes you're, you're a couple dates in, things are getting serious. You can be like, hey, you know, I just want you to know I've made some mistakes in my past. But then if you're like, I'm, I'm ready to commit my life to this person, in my mind, what I did, I was like, I want her to have all the facts before she says yes, and then we continue down this road. So I'm not saying that's like the right way to do something or like the perfect way, but I, I wanted her to have all the info before... She, she signed off on this deal. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Ryan, I think this is a good one for you. Um, oh how do I know if God is calling me to be or stay single? <laughs> I thought that was a different question. I know. I know. Um, <clears throat> you know what's funny is we, we do a, a, a spiritual gifts assessment with uh, all the people that want to start volunteering at our church um, every Sunday. And what's funny is one of the things on the list is singleness. Like Paul says, like talks about a gift of singleness. Um, and 
it's so funny to me. It's, it, I, I watch people who are like filling it out and they're like terrified. They're like, please not singleness, please not singleness, please not singleness. Okay. If you find yourself thinking, please not the gift of singleness for me, like you don't have the gift of singleness. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like, it's not like something, it's, it's just, you just know. Like, like I, I can't explain it for myself. I just have this, um, like, it just makes more sense for me. And again, always the balancing statements. Things could change, whatever. It just makes more sense for me to, to be single. Um, I'm really comfortable with it. I feel like I can follow Jesus really well and, and pursue the, the calling that he has on my life really easily um, this way. And um, it's not like... I think we have to get it out of our, our minds that, it, that it's like this thing that you don't want, but God's like forcing upon you, and you're like going kicking and screaming. Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. Like imagine if you gave somebody a gift, and they're like, no, as they're like unwrapping it. Like, not, not Monopoly or whatever, whatever the gift is. You know, it's a gift. It's a gift. So, so it's, it's if you find yourself like very naturally comfortable being by yourself, then maybe it's something to explore. Yeah, I think, I think, does Paul call it a gift? Is that like the words that he actually uses? Yeah, we. I mean, we could go down a, a deep. There's a there's a whole debate of, about it. Um, so the way that I like to reframe it is when people say, "Do you have the gift of singleness?" What I say is, "Singleness is a gift, right? Just like marriage is a gift, and uh, being in a relationship is a gift." Um, so how about this? How do you know if you have the gift of singleness? Um, are you single? Then, then right now, like today, you have this gift in front of you called singleness, right? If you're listening to this and you're married, Connor, and maybe <laughs> you're probably the only one, you have this gift of marriage, right? So, so this, this moment, wherever you're at right now, I think it's more about embracing the period that, that you're in, receiving the gift, and taking advantage of the advantages. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you went there, because that, that, that's what I was trying to get at, because you know, I, I was in Bible school, and of course, some professor probably wanting to manipulate my emotions and fears was like, and uh, here's the gift of singleness. We're not going to talk about it. Have fun trying to sleep tonight, you know? And you're just like, no. But but looking back, like, I felt like I had the gift of singleness for 27 years. I got married yeah. at 27, and there was a huge stretch in my life where I, I didn't want to be married, and I couldn't have been married to do what I wanted to do then things changed. And so I think like when we talk about the gift of singleness, it's like a life sentence, That's you so know? Good, man. And it's like, hey, you might have the gift like you were saying right now, yeah. but it doesn't totally. doesn't mean it's forever. Like maybe the best gift God could give you from your in your 20s or like your early 20s is to be single. Yeah. But that just because you have that gift now is not it is not the gift that keeps on giving forever. So good, man. You know, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So Yeah, we we sorry, you go. Nope. You finish. We worry so much. We, we think so much about extremes and, and forever. Yeah. And we worry so much about the future. And then we follow this Jewish rabbi who said things like, don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Like, just be present right where you are right now. And so I think there's actually this beautiful invitation to be present and embrace the stage of life that you are currently in and permission to change your mind later on or whatever. Like, we'll get, we'll get to tomorrow tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, off of the being present thing, like those types of questions, not the question, not like not the person asking the question, but like just the fact that, that they're a thing that we feel like we need to ask, like makes me like mad, mad. 
you know, because I feel like it, like, it stemmed, like, it just stole too much of my life, like, thinking that way to where I'm, like, going to be 30 this year and, like, crap, how much time did I, like, waste being afraid that God was going to take something from me? Or, and I think that, that it, it's rooted itself in us from what I said earlier, from people, well-meaning, right, that, like, don't understand. So with the need to control, we, like, put labels on what we would call hope, but to somebody else that feels like a curse or, like, whatever. We just try to explain everything away to where we create these, like, false theologies, which inevitably create these false gods. And at the end of the day, we're, like, responding to a God that's not like that. Yeah. And so I think it just, yeah, it just, like, this, like, fire and anger rises up in me because it's like what God would do that to you like as like a joke we almost make God not out of our desire but out of like our fear yeah we respond to like an image of God based out of like a deep fear yeah like who he actually and I think that not that this is what innately causes it but it doesn't help when we just feel like we need to have an answer for everything yeah because we just I don't know we confuse people and we without knowing it plant these seeds of false theology in their hearts and their minds that when they're 30 years old they're having to go to therapy and figure out and I'm not Sorry, I shouldn't I'm not talking that, about myself at all yeah. <laughs> hey I the last two days I've had 11 hours of counseling in the last seven hours yesterday and four hours today so by the way counseling we're a fan of it we all need good it thing do good it thing hey we've been going for an hour yikes be honest are you guys doing okay are you like please shut up and wrap this thing up more que- a, a couple more, a couple more questions, okay, before we wrap up. You know what's funny about that question is, like, nobody's going to say no. You hey, know? The people the who thing. want us to wrap up just stay silent. I was specifically silent. looking for somebody's mouth that didn't say <laughs> anything. Yeah. Here's a, you're not going to hurt my feelings. If you, if you want to do a few more questions, just because it's our first live ever, give us a little a cheer. All right. Let's go. That was so forced, but we're going we're gonna to do it. The encore. Yeah. It like started low. All right, we got a couple. Let's do, let's do a couple rapid fire right. real quick, and yep. then we'll wrap it up. Okay, how do you keep a marriage fun? I will answer this. Don't have children. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, love my, I love my children to death. I really do. Um, how do you keep a marriage fun? It sounds so cliche. Go on dates. Um, I would say dream together. Learn each other's love languages. Uh, my, the, my lowest love language ever is touch. Um, I hate being touched. Literally hate it. Like, people will come up, <laughs> for real, people will come up and be like, hey, man, great message. And I'm like, you could, you could give me a million-dollar check, but if you touch my shoulder, I'll rip it up and be like, I hate you. Don't talk to me. <laughs> but learn each other's love. Like my wife, sorry, I say that because my wife's is touch. And so I have to, I have to learn yeah. touch. Um, but like, I love, this isn't a love language, but I think it should be. I love new experiences. Like I don't, I feel more connected to my wife than ever. If we're like going to a new restaurant together or going to this quality time. Yeah. uh, Kind of call Gary Chapman. We got a six one. We got a new, new experiences, new adventures. Hey, we shamelessly asked for sponsorships in this podcast. (laughs) Gary sponsor us. Dr. G love languages. We'll talk about it more. Um, but no, I think like find what makes each other tick. Like I love new experiences. I love like new vacations. Like I could go to a different city, a different spot every single time I go on vacation. And I just feel like I'm connecting with my wife in another way. Um, 
I don't know, you know what's fun to you, so do that. Because there will be a day when you will have children, and that gets limited. Not that it's impossible, but now when my wife and I talk about going on a date, not only do we have to pay the $100 or so for the meal, we're paying $150 for a 16-year-old to watch our children. <laughs> and so, and so we're, there's a lot more to think about. So I would just say have fun. Like, marriage is serious enough. Life is serious enough. But just because you're married doesn't mean you have to be a grown-up or like an adult. You can still have fun. So like marriage and life is, is kind of like what you make it. Um, okay, here we go. How about this? Do you believe God has made one specific person for everybody? Do you believe in the one? No. Why? Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's lying. <laughs> Rapid fire, move on. Why? Yeah, seriously. Moving on. Okay. Why, why don't you believe in the one? I did for a while. I think, um, again, I'm not going to go off on another tangent about misplaced theology, but <laughs> because I just think if we do that, then we eliminate free will. Absolutely. Um, and then love's not love because there's no choice involved. And so, if, like, there's the one. And then that just means, like, if, if there's this breadcrumb of God's will and I miss it, then I screw up somebody else's destiny. And that just, I just feel like it implodes after a while. Ryan, that was you, perfect. You, you I changed like... my answer. <laughs> I'm very persuasive. Yeah. Look at you go, Emily. Yeah, no, yeah. that was perfect. I, I don't believe in the one. I have friends um, that deeply believe in the one. I think I'm right. They're wrong. Um, <laughs> but, no, I think that, yeah, I think from the very beginning we see that God's, God made us free moral agents to partner. I think one of the greatest things God desires from us is true, genuine love and partnership. And I think that is replicated within our relationships together. So, no, I don't believe in the one. I do believe that when you marry somebody, they are your one mm-hmm. now. That's great. So, bam. Okay. Um, what do you think about someone who said God told them this person was their spouse? Hey, we got to stop, you guys. If you don't hear anything we hear, we say all, all can we stop using the God card in the context of, of relationships? And this is coming from somebody who, like, I believe that God speaks today. Um, I, I pray and I, I seek wisdom and I believe that, that God guides. Um, I just believe or I've just seen that the God card can be used to manipulate and control in a way that is very not Jesus-y. Um, and so, like, here's the deal. If you want to pursue somebody, just be, learn to just be honest with them and say, hey, I have feelings for you. Mm-hmm. Or if it's time for a relationship to end, just be honest uh, about where you're at. Like, I wonder how many breakups God gets blamed for. Or he's like, that wasn't, that wasn't me. Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> you know? At, least, at least one of mine. <laughs> yeah. One of yours? Do you use the God I card? I didn't. I didn't. Oh. Yeah, no. Wow. But Oops. it's a real thing, right? And, like, if I'm being honest, I probably have. Um, and I, I, like, I get it. I get why we do it. And, again, don't hear me say that I don't believe God speaks. I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, it's just, here's the thing. If, if somebody says God told me that I'm supposed to marry you, um, like that's one, okay, cool. <laughs> I actually have a relationship with God though as well. And so God's going to say that to me, right? And, and so just, just let's, let's just not 
do this. Let's, let's, it puts way too much pressure on the whole situation. Um, and I think that it um, actually keeps us from just being vulnerable and real with one another and talking about how we actually feel. Yeah, it kind of goes back to that idea of the one. It's like, oh, crap, so I don't have a choice in this anymore. Like, my free moral agency has been trumped by your dream or something like that, you know? Can, can I share a really terrible story about people that I know, and this is real, but it's... <laughs> Let's go. Please. Yeah. Let's go. So this happened at a young adult retreat, like, years ago. Anybody been on a young adult retreat? <laughs> Amazing. Best event ever. Um, so there's a story in the Bible. I'm not kidding you. I Shout just out to young adults Thursday night, 7 p.m. Listen blank. to our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sponsors. Just all these subliminal um, shout-outs from Connor. Thursday, 7 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to help me with this story. I literally just had it in my mind, absolutely blank. There's a story in the Bible where this girl goes and lays at the feet of somebody that she's supposed to marry. Who am I talking about? Uh, Ruth and Boaz. Ruth and Boaz, absolutely. So this girl, I knew that. I was testing Ryan. That was a quiz. Um, so there was a girl, and obviously I'm not gonna say their their names. Um, who God told uh, her that she was gonna marry this guy. And as a sign, she, she was supposed to go and sleep at the foot of his bed during the Whoa. young adult retreat. So this girl broke into this guy's room. <laughs> and, like, I'm assuming I wasn't I there. I actually respect it. But curled up into a ball at, like, the bottom of the bed. And he woke up and was like, what the heck are you, are you doing? And but, it's been a long time since I've been invited back to Young Adult. Yeah. <laughs> and then we said, Emily, I think you should move to Austin. Yeah, Emily, you're going to Austin. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, but that's a real story. That's a very real story. And, but here's what I'll say. She heard God speak, and she obeyed. She, she listened. So <laughs> There's power in obedience. They're not married. I don't think they speak. <laughs> Rightfully so. But that's a true story. And so, hey, if you want a relationship and, like, you feel like that's something God's put on your heart, here's just a really good piece of advice from a dad. Don't be weird. Because I love Aaron to death, but if she was curled up in a ball at, my, yeah. at the foot of my bed, yeah. I don't, we might still be dating and working through some yeah, stuff. Yeah, and just don't forsake, like, your good old-fashioned reason. Yes. And, like, ability to think. Yeah. Because... I feel like a green light from the Lord is not God being like, do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, sure, he's a nice guy. I wouldn't mind it. Like, that is not the same thing as, I don't know, I just feel like we can forsake our part in it. Yeah. Dude, I'm just picturing a poor girl curled up on a ball. Like, dang, I'm freaking cold. I should have brought a blanket. <laughs> like, it gets cold at that. God, how long am I supposed to do this? <laughs> like, was this just like a symbolic thing, or am I supposed to like think, actually do you sleep? Think the, other, the former. Do you think the, the other former. guys saw her and they just like stepped over her? They're like, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. It's real. I so desperately want to say their names, but I'm not going to. Don't do I'm it. I'm not going to. Do no, it. That'd don't be really it. low. You can text Kylie. them to me after this. No, I'm kidding. Her name was not Kylie. She, it wasn't, seriously. <laughs> All right, two more, and we're going to wrap this thing okay. up. Two more, and let's, let's go quick. How do I know a relationship is worth fighting for, and how will I know when it's time to break up? I said, let's go quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about this? Let's, how, how do you know when it's time to break up? When is it time to call it quits? I liked what you said earlier. 
Um, what did you say earlier? What did I say you earlier? Said, you go. You said, I'll toss it to no, you. No, you. You said, why are you, why are you asking that question? Oh, yeah. You were like, why? What did you say, Ryan? <laughs> it was so good, you guys. We're no, live. I don't, I don't remember. remember. No, I, I think that, um, I think if you are asking that question, like, if, if you're asking that question and you hope that the answer is, please tell me it's worth fighting for, then, like, it's probably worth fighting for. You know what I mean? This is what happens. when Nobody likes to make decisions, and so you're trying to decide between, like, Chipotle or Qdoba for dinner. And, but it's like, Connor, you, you, you pick. But then deep down, I'm like, please say Qdoba. It's like, why don't you just, like, just say Qdoba? That's what you, that's what you <laughs> yeah. always wanted, you know? So if you're asking this question, you're like, please, like, validate that it's time for me to keep fighting for this relationship, like there's probably something there. And on the other hand, if you're like, please give me an excuse to break this off, then like it's probably time to break it off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Yeah, I just think, (laughs) I lost my thought. I, I just think that I'm like beating a dead horse with this, but it like, it comes back to fruit. Like it really, really does. It's You're like big on fruit. I yeah. am very healthy. Blueberries, yeah. bananas, <laughs> strawberries. <laughs> I just think, like, why are you in the relationship? What's the fruit that's coming from it? If the answer is nothing, and I'm stressed all the time, and like I disagree with everything he says, then get out. Fight for it. And hold on. <laughs> you just keep flipping it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And then get out. I, like I literally, my mom had to look at me as a teenager because I'd been in a relationship in high school for so long. She literally had to look at me in the car one day, and she goes, "You do not have a ring on your finger. You understand that, right?" And I was like, "Uh, why are you doing this? You know, like you're not happy." You're stressed out all the time. All you do is fight. Get out. And I understand that that's easier said than done. Trust me. Come talk to me. I know it's easier said than done. Um, yeah, life's too short yeah. and too important to be miserable. But you just have to somebody. just take account of how you feel. And it matters. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question in our live Young Adult podcast. You guys ready? Maybe save the best for last. I don't know. We went wildly out of order in the (laughs) way these came in. But here we go. Shout out to Kevin. 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 Calling this guy out. Um, No, I'm kidding. I I don't know. Uh, Should there always be 100% transparency and honesty in a relationship? Or is there any room for gray? Should you always be honest? Or is there any room for gray in a relationship? I think honesty is very important. Um, I feel like we've said this a few times throughout the night, but like obviously that doesn't mean in the first five minutes of your first date you should talk about your whole sexual history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think if there's something that you're not wanting to tell them, then that's probably something you need to tell them. Yeah. Because that's not going to go away, that, yeah. that nagging, you know? Um, and I just, like, I'm just huge on simplification. And so it's like... If, if I'm making, like, a friend, like, what's the, the process in which you just get to know a friend? Like, eventually your best friend knows everything about you for the most part. And it's like, you didn't overthink that. Or, yeah. so I don't think you need to do that. There's a pressure we put on a relationship to have this formula that exists outside of any other relationship. And obviously there are things that exist in that relationship that don't exist in others. But I don't think the approach relationally has to look that different. Yeah. So good. And, but I would say this. I think tone really matters. 
right? Like, like sometimes we, we hear the excuse like, well, I'm, I'm just a truth teller, you know? Or it's like, like I'm just a, 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 a challenger on the Enneagram, you know? And it's like, well, actually, you're just being mean right now, you know? Like, I think it's possible to say um, something that's true. Like, it's, it's possible to, to even speak like a Jesus truth to somebody without the tone of Jesus and still completely yeah. miss the mark, right? Yeah. So... Um, Truth, absolutely, let's, and, and vulnerability and honesty, but like, let's remember that people have feelings and it's yeah. possible to hurt them. And, yeah. and let's be very uh, gentle in how we handle, like, especially the really yeah. heavy stuff. Well, I think in these things that we're saying are only valid if it's a relationship that you see yourself pursuing long-term. Yeah. Because I'm like, if, I, if I'm like a month into this and there's still things like I haven't shared about myself, but I know it's not it, then I don't need to tell you that. Yeah. Um, or if I like have a really petty reason that I don't want it to move forward, I don't need to hurt your feelings and say that. Yeah. I can just say, hey, it's not, I don't, it's not working. Yeah. So I think complete and utter honesty is only necessary. And I feel like you know what I mean. There are a million like bouncing statements or like ways you could twist what I'm saying to like do whatever you want with it. And yeah. I think if you're honest with yourself, you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, it only matters if, if the relationship actually matters to you. Yeah, I, I think we have to remember the goal of a relationship, if it's marriage, is not like sex. It's transparency. It's intimacy. There's never, there's never a more bonding experience, uh, more bonding than sex, is being fully known by somebody. Um, and that, that's the goal. And so I would say, unless your wife comes home with like a bad haircut or a bad hair color, yeah. you lie, baby, lie. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. love it, babe. Never look better. Uh-huh. Man, purple <laughs> is great on you. You know, so glad you did that one. How long does it take for hair to grow out? Just curious. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. If you want, if you want like a relationship you, you want transparency. Um, and here's the thing. Transparency might wound to create, like, a deeper healing. Like, no, nobody wants to hear, like, hey, I've slept with 35 people or whatever before you. You know? That, that sucks. That hurts. No, nobody wants to hear, like, hey, I know we're engaged. I know we're married. I still struggle with pornography sometimes. That, that sucks. That hurts. Um, and, and, and that's going to be hard for your spouse or somebody to hear. But you will never be more known. And that, in my opinion, creates a deeper love than like the most wildly romantic sex life could ever create. Because let me tell you, like when you get married, you have sex a lot, you have kids, you get tired. You're like, okay, like sex is great, but there's got to be something deeper than a physical connection. Physical connection is super important. I'm not trying to minimize it. But the goal of marriage is not to find somebody to have sex with the rest of your life. The goal is to be fully known and to know somebody. And if you are walking into a relationship and thinking about marriage and not wanting this person to fully know you, that is the biggest red flag I think you you could ever have is like, Marriage is for me to be exposed and still loved. That's why the Bible says that, like, marriage is the greatest picture of our relationship with Jesus. Because before Jesus, we're fully exposed. Nobody can hide anything. And yet he chooses to love us no matter what. That is, that's marriage, is that I am fully exposed before you. 
and you choose to love me anyway, and vice versa. So, guys, so good. any closing thoughts to our first live Young Adult podcast? Yeah, I just was going to say, and again, you'll have, you'll have to affirm or deny whether this is true because you were the one that's married, but I feel like what you just said sums up the question that you asked at the top. Like, is commitment scary? And the answer is yes, unless you're just crazy. Um, but I think it's that stuff. It's like, I think the lie that, that the enemy wants to tell us is that the more you're known, the more it's going to be scarier to like commit. But I feel like there's like a safety in that. And I feel like that's the bread and butter that like allows you to see long-term because like, that's my safe place. That's where I'm always going to come back to, at least in my mind. Like I said, you're the one that's married here, but I feel like that would make it so much easier to continually commit for me. If I'm like, I'm fully known and this is the safest place. You are the safest place. There will never be another person in this. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my grandma. No one knows me like Aaron knows me. And that makes commitment easier and makes our relationship deeper and sweeter because there's, there's no hiding. And when I do try to hide or when she tries to hide, something feels off. Like the Holy Spirit will not let you hide in a marriage, you know? And so, and so, man, marriage is transparency. Like sex is great. It's awesome. It'll build a level of depth, but there's no depth like being fully known. So... We just brought that thing full circle. Look at that, Look guys. at that. Wow. We are freaking professionals here. Hey, shout out to Gravity Coffee Gravity. for coming Woo! and hanging out in a blizzard that was supposed to be one inch of snow. Um, shout out to Parlor Donuts. They didn't volunteer any time or anything. We just bought a bunch of donuts from them because I love them. <laughs> Um, shout out to you guys for coming in this weather, for being a part of the very first live podcast. Let's go. Let's go. And hey, can you give it up for Emily Franklin and Ryan Weckenman for leaving the 75 degree weather of Austin to come here and hang out with us. Hey, it's time for me to do my closer. You guys ready for this? Here we go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Young Adult Podcast, the live episode, the live podcast. Come on, one more time. Nothing like forced applause, you know? Hey, if this episode resonated with you or you think that it would resonate with somebody you know, give it a share. I always forget to ask this, but apparently it's important. Um, I don't think you can rate or like a podcast on Spotify, but you can on iTunes. And so if you like us, give us a five-star rating. Let people know what you think. If you don't like us, mind your business and move on, you know? <laughs> but um, hey, and for all things young adults, you can find us at Red Rocks YA on uh, Instagram, redrocksya.com on the interweb. Um, and every Thursday, if you did not catch our 40 shameless plugs throughout this, every Thursday night, if you are in Denver, come to the Lakewood campus, 5810 West Alameda, Thursday nights, 7 o'clock, we get together, we worship Jesus, we hang out, and we do cool podcasts like this. Hey, if people want to keep in touch with you, Emily, where can they follow you on social? Emily with two Ys dot Franklin on Instagram. There we go. And I'm on Facebook. Just my name. You're on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on the, on the Facebook. Is it meta now? Be honest. Do you still use Facebook? Just, yeah, I mean, yeah, but no. I don't post anything unless it's connected to my Instagram, but half of my 
disconnected families on there, so. I know. I have, like, a bunch of friends from high school. I literally have, I think, like, 82 unread messages on Facebook. I check it, like, once every two years. But I also have over 5,000 unopened emails uh, on my phone. And if you think I'm kidding, I'm not. Um, Ryan, where can people follow you? Dude, I have such a love-hate relationship with social media, but three days ago... He's I, I back! My Instagram, Let's go! I don't know how I feel about it. Please Instagram shut me. down, dude, for the whole day because What's of that. that? Is it Instagram shut down for the day because of that? Yeah, that's <laughs> not true at all. Uh, yeah, Ryan Weckman, I guess. Uh, <laughs> this is so weird for me. I don't like this stuff, but that's it. Awesome. Well, hey, like, subscribe, share, and thank you to everybody that came out for the first recording of the Live Young Adult Podcast. Give yourself a round of applause.